Hi, this is Taryn Cowell from the Undomestic Mom Podcast, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk Podcast. Hey, food bloggers. Are you ready to accomplish your 2023 goals faster than you ever thought possible? If you are nodding your head yes right now, the eBlog Talk Mastermind program might be a great fit for you. We are now accepting applications for 2023, and I will let you in on a little secret. If you sign up before the end of November 2022, you can lock in at the current pricing. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind for more information and to apply. Brittany and Terrence are the awesome blogging duo behind plantpowercouple.com. And here they are talking about how the mastermind program can massively boost your confidence and how this can so positively impact your business. If you feel isolated, if you feel like one of the main things that's holding you back in business is like your own struggle with believing in yourself and your own struggle with believing that you can do this, I think you need to do it. I think it's the biggest thing that can change your your, the trajectory of your business and your mindset. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not just, yes, you learn these things, but you gain a sense of community and support and just like accountability. And you start to believe in yourself more and you start to be able to like borrow these other people's belief in yourself so that you can build yourself up while you're getting there. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 361. I'm so excited. I have Taryn Conwell with me today. She is going to talk to us all about hiring a mother's helper so we can carve out more time for blogging. Taryn is on a mission to dismantle the watered-down version of self-care in today's motherhood. She takes millennial moms from survival to thrival mode by teaching them to expect more and do less. She helps them create and implement their own restorative self-care routines and find fulfillment outside of motherhood. Taryn, I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, same. I'm super pumped for this chat. But before we get into it, we would love to know what your fun fact is. So my fun fact, I think this is one that I pulled that I think your listeners might really enjoy. I've actually been asked three times to submit content for the Rachel Ray show, yet I have never made it on the show. Oh my god! I like that. Okay. Uh, it's an honor to be nominated sort of person yeah. at this point. But yeah, I basically, when the show first started at this point, I think that was 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, I like applied, like I sent in a submission to be on the show. And for whatever reason, one of the producers just really enjoyed my personality. And so like for like three or four, it was over the span of maybe four or five years, every other year he would contact me, asked me to make a cooking video. I was a huge, I still am, but a huge fan of Rachel Ray. So he'd be like, we're doing this segment. Can you make this video? And I would make this video back in the day on like my flip camera. Like I look back, <laughs> it's, the quality was hysterical. But every time, like, I don't know, he, I think he adored me, but whatever, I didn't make it past the cutting room floor. And so I never uh, made it, but I am hopeful one day I will still get to be on her shows. Okay, one day it has to stick, right? I mean, one of these times, the yes. odds are in your favor. I think if they keep saying yes, and then 
no, <laughs> eventually it'll be a yes, yes. Yes. And I've got to start submitting things again. I kind for a while, I took a break. I was like, you know what, guys, this is a bit much. I'm going to have to take a break for a bit, but I, I'm restored again. I want to try it again. Oh, yes. And let it, let me know when you get on. I'm excited for you. I think it's definitely going to happen. So cool, Taryn. And you're right. This is the perfect audience to share that with. I think yes. everyone will be squealing <laughs> yes. for you. Yes. Okay, well, you're here today to talk about just motherhood and how it can be a lot, especially when you're a blogger and you need to carve out more time for all of those blogging tasks that we have. And you have a journey that kind of resulted in something not so great, which is being a burnout mom. I've been there too, Taryn. So can you just talk us through your journey? Like, how did you get to that point? Sure, sure. Yeah. So I currently I have three kids. They're seven and a half, five and two. So when my oldest was, I think, three and my middle was six months, I realized I was hitting a wall just in life. Like I was feeling I stayed, I was staying home with my kids. I was running a home daycare, but I just wasn't feeling any sort of fulfillment. And in fact, I, I've always loved to cook. And so I found myself like every night, like my biggest thing was asking my husband, like, how was that dinner? Do you like that recipe? Like, you know, and sometimes like, he just, oh yeah, it's good. And I'm like, oh, was it just good? Okay. You know, like, <laughs> and we would have started to have these arguments where he's just like, I love you, but I cannot be the only source of accolades in your life. And like, he, he didn't, he didn't even know what he was saying at the time, but it was, it honestly opened up this whole aspect of me that was like, yeah, as a stay at home mom, you don't really get this like you don't get like the not necessarily the gratitude but you don't get the accolades you don't get like this was awesome thanks for doing that you know your kids are little they don't realize what they you know what you're doing for them so I decided a friend of mine had a blog and I decided I would start a blog and it started as just like a mom blog and it transitioned pretty quickly into a food blog I really loved cooking I loved meal planning I shared I love sharing my recipes and so I did that while my kids, you know, while I had two kids and, you know, having this home daycare and grew it and then got pregnant with my third. And it was all kind of fine and dandy until that. But then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and honestly, oh. even before the pandemic hit, I was feeling the burnout. It was, I just, I don't have great pregnancies and I was exhausted. I was, you know, wanting to, you know, like you're in that phase of like, you're, I was getting traction with the blog and I was like wanting to put all this time into it, but I didn't have the time to put into it because I was with, you know, not only my own kids, I, like I said, I had, I was running a home daycare. So I had other kids I was taking care of. And I just got to this point where like, I like everything, I feel like burnout, it's kind of like everything feels gray. Like nothing is exciting to you. You just don't, you don't really have like the zest of life that you normally have. And yeah, one of the things I did was hire a mother's helper and that helped me so much. Then the pandemic hit, I had to, I had to, you know, pull back on her for probably a good like nine months, I want to say, but then we got into a groove of like having a pod and I was able to bring her back into my life. But it was just a lot when you are a mom, especially what I call active motherhood, if your kids are under the age Mm -hmm. of eight, you know, even if you just have one, you know, still that's under the age of eight, it's a lot. And I think I just was trying to do way too much on my own. And I never wanted to put a domestic mom down because I, I recognized how much my blog was like really fulfilling me and like a, something I looked forward to, but it did add like extra, so much more work to my week. Oh my gosh. 
What a crazy story, but I think we can all relate to that on some level. As you were talking through it, I was like, yeah, I've been there so many times on different, like the pandemic too, when that hit, it all came around like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. Okay. So your mother's helper idea was so good. I love that you tapped into that and that it actually gave you some relief. How did you come up with the idea of getting a mother's helper? Yeah, this is so it's so funny because people are like will have asked me that like is this a mainstream idea? I always knew what it was I think cuz I grew up babysitting so I kind of I was a mother's helper back in the day and I also I grew up reading the babysitter club books. Yes. <laughs> and that was a that's a concept and it's like the 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 older girls are babysitters but the two like sixth graders are the mother's helpers. <laughs> so I when I became a mom I was just kind of like Oh, yeah, I need to get like, because I had a babysitter, but, you know, we didn't have a ton of room in the budget to pay like what a baby, you know, like pay a babysitter what they want an hour. And I just talked to a friend about like, you know, I want to get like a younger babysitter who's, you know, charges less, but doesn't, you know, I don't expect them to do as much. They don't have as much experience. And luckily an acquaintance, she's not a friend, but at the time, which is an acquaintance, she's like, oh, I have the perfect, I have two girls. I'll give you their numbers. They're both at the time we're in seventh grade. And she's like, you know, they do that for me all the time. So I think it was like, people kind of knew what it was. I just don't think the term mother's helper was there. I think it was people just saying like young babysitter, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the logistics. But first, I want to ask you what you think the ROI is on getting a mother's helper. If somebody listening is in the boat that you were, where they're like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I can't do this all. Talk about like what the benefits are. Yeah. So the benefits are when, especially, I mean, in all phases of blogging, but especially in the phase when you are still doing everything yourself. So I know a lot of times, you know, we get the advice to hire a VA immediately. And I think that's great. Like, I definitely think that there's a time and a place for a VA. But sometimes that feels a little bit overwhelming of like, how do I find one? And like, how much is that going to cost? And like, what will I have them do? And if you are like me, who is your stay at home, maybe you're with your kids a lot. You kind of want just the time to blog. So the ROI, as far as like paying them, my mother's helper, the first mother's helper I ever had was $8 an hour. I do my kind of pricing for a mother's helper is their grade level per hour plus $1 for each additional child. So I had two kids at the time. She was in seventh grade. I paid her $8 an hour. And if you just say you found someone similar situation and maybe you had either like two days a week where they came for two hours or maybe one weekend day where they came for four and you're spending $32. Think of how much you could get Mm -hmm. done in that like undisturbed amount of time. If you really said to yourself, this is going to be my work time. I mean, I could probably get two blog posts done in that time from start to finish, you know, like if I was really focused. And so as you're building up or maybe all your Pinterest scheduled for the month, or maybe you're going, you know, you're going to be, you know, creating reels or whatever sort of social media you're trying to like break into SEO keyword research. Like, you know, there's so many things that like I do with it. And I think that can be a really easy starting point versus, you know, hiring a VA who's, you know, especially a a beginning VA who is also affordable and like asking them to do those tasks. It's almost sometimes like nicer, easier step to just have someone watch your kids so you can do those tasks. So that I think the ROI on that, like I said, 32, and that's just for four hours. You could have them just come two hours, whatever you can afford. You know, you don't have to even have it be regular, but for a low amount, you can really 
pump out a lot a lot of work I feel like on your blog. And when you hire someone to come in, it forces you to be intentional and focused, right? You don't ha- like you can't mess around. They're here, you're paying them to be here, so you've got to work, so you sit down and you work. Absolutely. That's what I was I was thinking the same thing too is that like it also for me, like when I I did I typically do hire a mother's helper for like, oh hey, can you come these two days a week? So they are more on a consistent basis. And yeah, those days I've already written down like what I'm planning to get accomplished. Yeah. But yes, when you it, those times where you feel a little bit lo- more lower motivation to work on things, they come, they show up. And I I'm right now I'm in my what I call my cloffice. It's like a closet office. <laughs> So I just tuck myself away down here and yeah, I get to work because you're like, they're here, especially again, like if you're like, yep, I'm paying somebody, this is part of like, I'm taking this, you know, maybe you are taking it from like the, again, if you, it depends on what phase you're in of blogging, but like from your like uh, ad revenue or your affiliate income and you're like, I'm going to set this aside to get more work done. You do, you want it to be productive and like, it will be the most productive two hours of your life. Oh my gosh. Yes. And also I wanted to mention if Like, I don't have kids under the age of eight right now, but I could use help too, you know? So I was thinking instead of mother's helper for people who might have kids who are older and still need a little bit of help, like maybe personal assistant type stuff, like that can fall into this too, right? Definitely. And like now I currently have a part-time nanny. And so she loves to organize. So she's very much like, she said to me, you know, like, if you ever want, you know, pass my name around. Because she loves doing that. So like, that's the thing. I, now my I'm opening up my brain a little bit more even to just if I paid someone who, yeah, doesn't have the best, you know, again, they're young, but maybe you find a high schooler or a junior high student who loves to organize, or maybe they love social media, like, especially young people, like maybe they want to yeah. come and like, help you create reels or TikToks or write captions. I don't know. You know, I could see them being really good at that. Um, So yeah, if your kids are older or just, you know, even if you do have older kids, you know, I was talking with my girlfriend over the weekend, her daughter's 10, but she wants that playmate, you know? And so if they're trying to do stuff on the weekends, even still just having a 13 year old come over just to like play Barbies and Mm -hmm. play like fun little games. It's like, she doesn't necessarily need to be watched, but she's, a kid who needs a lot of engagement. And so it's a nice little, just like, Hey, let me pay a 13 year old 20 bucks to come over maybe, you know, and and play with my 10 year old. Uh, I was just thinking before we started recording, I was telling you about my husband after surgery and how I'm like, so stressed out to my max. I'm like, I need a husband's helper. (laughs) Yes. Yes. As you're talking, I'm like, oh, it'd be so nice to have that right now. But he's recovering. He's getting better. It won't be like this forever. But being a mom, it's like you can't, I mean, you're in it. You have to continue. You can't just dump your children off somewhere. Like you have to be a mom. Exactly. But getting that help you need can restore you and allow you to do other things with your blog and around your house. It can give you the energy you need. So how does someone go about finding a mother's helper if this is intriguing, if they don't have like a neighbor or something really obvious in front yes. of them? Yes. Because for a long time, I like, I did, you know, I'd asked around and I didn't have, nobody had a, a solution for me or a suggestion rather. And I wish I had done this sooner. What I've done now after, you know, like if my mother's helper, she's gotten older now, she's just my babysitter because she's in high school. But then over the summer, I wanted like a new mother's helper. I put up a post in my local Facebook moms group. So I just, you know, moms of my neighborhood name. Most people I feel like have those groups and then those people all live near me. And so I put up a, you know, a post like, Hey, I'm looking for someone over the summer. Just, these are the hours I wanted someone to come in the afternoon for a couple hours, a couple days a week. 
and just kind of put a few things I was looking for as far as like telling them like, hey, I do have three kids. I do have a toddler who's in diapers. And I, since now I do have three kids and I still have a toddler, I was looking for someone like in eighth grade. Like I was looking for someone a little bit older and a ton of moms responded. And they were just like, I have a daughter who would love to do that. I have a daughter. And then I met with them all and chose, you know, and then like chose and I used several of them, got to know them and their strengths and, you know, what some are good at, others aren't, what others are good at, you know, it's, it's, it's a very much each personality does things a little bit better with my kids. And I love that. And yeah, so it was just like this Facebook group that it just was, and that's what I've done since then. And I've also had moms that I've recommended to them. I've never had to do it, but I have recommended to moms. If you don't want to post in a group, you can absolutely just post on your personal page because you never know if like a girl you went to high school with, her niece might live two blocks away from you. And like, you don't really ever talk to her, but like you're friends with her on Facebook and you put this little post up and she messages you, hey, yeah, my niece is you know, 12, she lives two blocks away from you. She would love to do this. Let me give you her mom's number. You know what I mean? Like you never really know that personal network and on Facebook, especially when you have so many people who, at least I do, that I'm friends with that I never talked to, but who live near me. (laughs) Right. And it's better to go personal, right? Like if you even have a slight connection with somebody, I think that the trust factor there carries so much weight as opposed to just like, I mean, I'm sure it's fine to interview and hire somebody who you don't know, but I would say go personal if you can. I love that. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I loved, I've always loved that too. And then, yeah, that is kind of the great thing about Facebook is you can see like who you, that person is also friends. You know what I mean? Like for the, I think most yeah. of the time if their, if their profile is not super private. So all the moms, like you could see like, oh yeah, you know, this person and this person, the moms will always come with them to the little interview, you know, like when yeah. you're first meeting them, cause they're young, you know, they're, they're worried about their kid, right? <laughs> they don't want to just send their 12, 11, yeah. 13 year old. So you do, you kind of get to like t- to know the moms and then, yeah, like the girls that I, this last batch of girls, yeah, they all lived super close to me. Cause I was also looking for someone who could either walk or bike to my house mm-hmm. because I didn't want them. I don't, I didn't want to have to do drop-offs and pickups. Cause that kind of like, you know, sometimes that like takes away from like, well, you're here for two hours, but I, the pickup and drop-off ads, you know, my son still naps. Right. So that I was, you know, that I was looking for. And then the other thing when I met the girls was I just let them know, like, I don't want you to be on your phone. This is just really playtime for my kids. Good for you. I yeah, love that. that's something. Yeah, I recommend moms. You know, sometimes you feel like uh, a lot of these girls are young enough that they don't even have a phone yet, which was nice. You know, the younger ones didn't even have a phone, but I do. I'll just like, hey, this is a play position. This is I don't expect cleaning. If I if there is serving lunch, I usually have it ready for them. But it's really just to play with my kids so I can get a break and my kids can have fun. And as long as you say that, like, I know a lot of times people are like, oh, they're just going to be on their phone. But if I just know if you say that, they just, they respect it. Like if you don't ever say it, they might be on their phone. They might not think you care, but I say it and they um, have all pretty much respected it. And I have a seven and a half year old now who she will say like, they were on their phone the whole time. And then I just don't call them back. <laughs> you know, it's, it happens a couple of times. Oh, I love that she's kind of telling on you or telling on them. <laughs> yeah. My kids love when their mother's helper babysitters come over because they love to play with them. So yeah, they will be like, she was on her phone and she wasn't playing with, you know, so yeah. yeah. So don't be afraid to like say that as, you know, kind of like put that up as what you're looking for. Cause again, you're paying for this help. It's not like you're having, asking your sister to watch them or your in-laws, you know, like when you're yeah. paying for help, it's nice. Cause you kind of have a little bit more control over 
what goes on. Yeah. And setting those boundaries, I mean, in any area of our lives is so important, but especially when it comes to the people who are playing with and watching your kids, that is so smart of you. And I'm good for you for doing that and just like, you know, making it a non-issue up front. Like we're not going to be on our phones. So (laughs) establishing that right away. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I have a lot of friends who are teachers and so they've, they're always like, yeah, well, but like preteen or not pre, you know, like pre uh, junior high, high school, they can't be off their phone. Like they're always telling me that like, they can't be off their phone. Like they're going to be on their phone. And I'm like, I don't know. I think that we can, I think there's that. Yeah. Like I think we, that we can expect them to, to not be. And like I said, I do know it's, they, they are always on it. But if you just put that, like I said, you just say that, then they will be playing with your kids. And and again, I usually have mother's helpers here, not over four hours. So it's not a big ask to just, you know, be engaged with yeah. the kids. Yeah. yeah. That's not a huge ask. Do you ever deal with these two words that I hate so much, but I think as a mom, we all have experienced this, the mom guilt. Yes. I deal with mom guilt in lots of ways. Not when it comes to the mother's helper, ironically enough, though, which is funny. I was talking to Aubrey Malik recently, and she was saying the same thing. She's like, well, what about the mom guilt? Because she went from being a teacher to wanting to stay home with her kids. So she went and like went from working mom to then trying to like find something to work from home and be home with her kids. And she did. And she was successful at it. So she was saying, like, I don't want to then like have help because I feel like this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay home with my kids. And what's funny for me is I had the inverse. I stayed home with my kids. I was stay at home mom first. Then I started my home daycare. So I never had the guilt of, of getting help because I was like, oh, I've already been with these kids a lot. Like they've gotten <laughs> so much of me. So I think in any capacity, whether you are still currently working outside of the home, a hundred percent full time and you're blogging in, you know, in the other time, your free time, or if you do stay home, work from home and your kids are home, you deserve time to yourself. Like any of those areas, you deserve time to yourself. I do think it was easier for me as a, like I said, stay at home mom to just be like, yep, I deserve a break. But if you, even if you're just taking two hours, like I said, like if, you know, maybe on, you know, I don't know, like I would say golf, but I know golf is longer than two hours, but say like your husband, maybe he does, he golfs every other Saturday or something to that effect. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to have a mother's helper come while he's gone. And I'm going to do something I want to do. The kids are going to have fun playing with somebody and like do crafts and go outside and you know, my husband's going to be golfing. Win, win, win. Like, so I kind of like to look at it like that. Like, even if you are a full-time working mom, take a couple hours for yourself every week. You, you're entitled to that and your kids are still being engaged. That's what I love about it. You're not necessarily just like, and I use screens, I'm not against screen time, but it's a different feeling than throwing on a movie while you're trying to like, maybe like get an email out or finish up like, you know, a YouTube video for a brand deal that you have going versus like, oh, the mother's helper is coming. She's going to go outside with them. They're going to play for two hours while I finish this. I think that helps me a lot ease the mom guilt. But yeah, it's definitely there. It is there with, you know, like I said, even super successful bloggers and, you know, online entrepreneurs who have, you know, just feel like, oh, I should be with my kids this entire time. Oh my gosh. I've struggled with that so much. I can so relate to all of that because it is like a balance. Like, would you rather have your kids doing something with someone that's engaging them or just sitting and watching a movie? So yeah, that's a really good question to ask yourself if you're considering this. I mean, I think it's a no brainer. 
Let's take a really quick break to talk about a service I'm really excited to share with you. As a food blogger, you've got so much on your plate. You are busy developing recipes, taking photos, writing posts, managing social media, and all of the other things. You work hard to help your readers live a more delicious life. Even though you enjoy working in your business, I think we all do it because we love it, your to-do list is probably a mile long. You know what I'm talking about. And maybe there are certain things you'd rather not deal with, such as writing. If writing is not your cup of tea, you do not have to go it alone. Heather Eberly is a content writer for food brands. She uses copywriting and marketing techniques to grow your business so you can focus on doing the things you love. If you want to gain Google traction, stand out from the crowd, and take your income to the next level, Heather can help you. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to get more information about Heather's services. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources and click on Heather's link. And now let's get back to the episode. And we talked about this a little bit early on, but how has this helped your business to grow? I mean, I know it's given you like intentional focus time to sit down and work and get things done, but in what other ways has it helped your business? Yeah, I think it's for one, it has given us a bit of a validity. I don't know, like, if you ever felt this sort of, uh, again, especially like in the beginning, when I was in the beginning, starting a blog or any sort of content creation that you're doing, and you're not making a ton of money from it, and you're not, you feel like, it feels like a hobby, but you're working at it and you're trying to make money with it. Sometimes when you hire a little bit of help, that's like the first step to like having this like validity to your business and like a little bit more of an authority. And then feeling that like almost infuses me. It like it, it pushes out the imposter syndrome and it almost infuses me with a little bit more like, yes, this is work and I am putting my best, you know, I'm putting my best foot forward into this and I'm going to dedicate like, again, real time to things, you know, we move the needle forward versus if you're trying, if you're, you know, a mom who's like trying to like get things done on her computer when her kids are playing around her and you feel like eh, that wasn't necessarily productive because I was all over the place. It's really focused time. And I've just felt that that has really been able to get me to do like think about my business, think about what I want to do. Sometimes I will just take like an hour of it to just be like, okay, let's do a big brain dump. Let's do a big, like, what do I want to, you know, quarter four is upon us. It's like, let me just take some time to really pull what I want to be doing. And then it just feels like, oh, that was like, I couldn't have done that without this help because on the weekends, if, you know, with my husband and everything, like if I don't have a sitter, we're doing family time or if this is going on. And then at night, I'm a morning person. So at night I'm exhausted. I mean, some moms who are night owls, they might not have that problem, but like, I can't think at night. I can't like project. Yeah. Same. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> like make plans. So I think just in that way, when you like have this a little bit of time where you're like, yep, this is work time. It just brings, like I said, yeah, that's just like almost authority to who you are as a blogger. And that has helped me tremendously. And that can get the confidence level boosted, right? Yes, like when you start so getting much. the ball rolling, like that, you're like, oh, I can do this. This is so cool. And then that just like leads to bigger things, I think. Yes, absolutely. And, and I don't know, you know, this might, uh, your listeners might feel this way, but I'm in a couple like paid memberships that I really enjoy. And sometimes those calls are during the day. And like I said, I have a toddler. And so, you know, before my kids were home, but you know, this is the first year my older two are at school full-time, but I still have my toddler. And so it is nice when you have, and I 
should say I found mother's helpers that are homeschooled. So I can still get like, even when it's not summer, I can still usually get some week time mother's helper, but it's nice. Like, okay, I can make that call. Like sometimes there's just like the one Q and a for the month and you really want to make it. And it might just be at 11 AM. And so I do think that's like another aspect of it that really like can put, can like push you forward. Cause you're like, okay, like I'm able to come to this, like focused, answer the questions, like listen to what people are saying and not necessarily just like one earbud in while you're trying to like hear what's going on. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That happens sometimes too. <laughs> it's just nice for me certain times to be able to have that, you know, connection time with adults that I'm not around a child. Do you look solely for kids who are homeschooled or how else do you navigate just like daytime school year hours that you need help with? Yeah, no, over the summer I didn't because over the summer I was looking for someone, I kind of, I almost go in like little phases, like over the summer, all my kids are home. So then it's like, okay, well, I'm looking for someone who's going to be able to be here with all of them. Now I am you know, looking for someone who could just be with a toddler. So again, I could have someone a little bit younger. And so in that instance, I will, I I have done that before. I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking about it, doing it again. Like I said, I do have a nanny. She has a flexible schedule with her other family. I'm like the secondary family. So she can usually give me time. But yes, I've thought like, okay, maybe I'll put on another post. And I just say that like, and that when I did it the first time, I was just like, does anyone have any, and I'm looking for daughters because I get my girls, I have older girls and I just, you know, you might have boys and want to work with a boy, like you have a preference, but I would just put like, does anyone have a girl who's homeschooled and wants some other's helper position? And again, I got replies, not as many as when it was summer and I was looking, you know, yeah. and I had like, but I don't know if it's also like because of the pandemic, but I see people even more now saying like my daughter's, um, sometimes it's a hybrid. Like I see girls posting if they're looking for like a babysitting gig and they might say like, I only go to, you know, you typically high school, but like in the morning and then I'm available. Like there's a lot more options I think now since the pandemic happened yeah. and a lot more kids did just decide to be homeschooled after, you know, staying home and, and, you know, doing remote learning, whether it's, whether it's remote learning or homeschooled. But I think, yeah, if you just put that in your post, I think sometimes we're like, I don't know anyone who's homeschooled. I don't know, but there was a ton of options for, I shouldn't say a ton. Mm. I had plenty and I found some really great girls who came over. So I think, and I'm in the suburbs of Chicago, so I guess it would depend on where you live. But I think for most areas, you know, you could find someone. And one of my friends is, you know, kind of in, not in the Salt Lake City area, but she's in Utah. And she's like, oh, there's a lot more homeschooled here in my area. So she has like pick of the litter. So I think it depends on where you live. But yeah, just put that in your post. Like, hey, is anyone, you know, anyone's daughter homeschooled? Because typically homeschool kids, like their workload, they're not, they don't need to do seven hours of work. Yeah. You know, like my kids are in school for seven hours. They're able to get it done. And their moms are like, yeah, this is a learn. And they, I think it's like a learning experience right. for them too. You know, like their it's like part of their that. curriculum. Right. Like, it's like, oh, they might not have any younger siblings, but like, hey, go learn to be like, yeah. you know, take care of a two-year-old. Like that's, that's a crash course in life right that's there. That's real life. <laughs> yes. And their moms typically do like that they're earning a little bit of money because, you know, kids you know, junior high kids, they want things, they, you know, they yeah. have things they want to buy. So, you know, the fact that they can't just go get a job like at McDonald's or Panera, because uh, they're not old enough yet, I think it's nice that their moms want them to be able to work. It's kind of a win-win for both families. Oh, absolutely. What sorts of questions do you ask when you invite people over for an interview? 
Yeah. So I like to get to know them a little bit. So I usually ask them like what they like to do for fun. They're usually, again, not too many years away from when they played with toys. So I'll usually ask them like, what did you like to play with you? When I'll phrase it like that. Like, what did you like to play with you when you were little? <laughs> yeah. Which that could have been like a year ago, right. you know, like a sixth grader that I had that we met. Like, yeah, she still had American Girl dolls that she played with. So I like to ask them, you know, like what they like to do for fun, if they're into craft. Again, I have my older girls, uh, or my girls are the older ones. They love crafts. They love dolls. So that's for me. I'm like, let me suss that out. Like, do you like doing pretend imaginative play? Do you like crafts? Are you cool with Play-Doh? You know, and then... I, like I said, I always ask about the phone, like, are you comfortable? And I phrase it in that way, like, are you comfortable not being on your phone? And then I always bring up diapers because, again, I still have a toddler in diapers. So if that is going to be something for you, I would mention it. I did help a mom find a mother's helper. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I just would change the diaper. Like, she would just say, hey, you know, the baby needs a diaper. Can you change it? My son is in that very clingy phase where, like, if he sees me reemerge, then he doesn't want me to oh, leave. Oh, Yeah. So that's why I want one who can change diapers. But yeah, so I just like to ask those, whatever your kind of like things you're really looking for, you might be looking for somebody who is, you know, maybe you are like, I have two older boys and they really like to play outside and football and climb and I don't know, whatever, you know, I don't have older boys, so I always forget what they do. But like, (laughs) you might say, hey, do you like doing these things? Or are you, do you like Harry Potter? Do you like Legos? Kind of want to ask for me again about their interests to see, oh, will this be a good fit? To see if they align. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to necessarily align perfectly, but sometimes you get someone who's like, oh yeah, I love this and I love that. And then they just click. And the the sitters I have now are just so wonderful with my kids. My kids ask like, when are, when's Lizzie coming over? When's oh, Alice? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because they, they do, they love to play. We play this fun and they'll always tell me like the little fun games they make up, you know? So yeah, I just kind of like to get to know them a little bit in the interview and get just a read. You can, I just tell moms like really trust your intuition. When you meet somebody, even a 12 year old, you're going to get a read on their energy and their I hate to say sweetness level, but you know, like they're just yeah. overall just kindness. Yeah, kindness. And just like if they're, if they're really into kids and want to do this. And then or if I they're just, being forced to, you can probably tell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that was over the summer. I, yeah, I definitely like met a family who I could tell like the, I think the mom just wanted the daughter yeah. to be doing something. And I was like, I don't think she wants to do this. Yeah. But then I just like to try them. Then like, you know, I, we meet for maybe 20 minutes. It's not long. Again, their mom's here. They kind of just want to like meet me, see my house, make sure, you know, I'm not a creep. <laughs> and then I let them come over and just try, do some try tryouts. Okay, hey, can you come over? And then of course, and, yeah, I'm paying them, right? Like, so I'm like, hey, can you come these two hours on Saturday? And because my kids are a little bit older, again, I can get, you know, my kids read on it. My kids will say, oh, I loved her. We had so much fun. Or, oh, no, I, you know, like she, we didn't like her. What, you know, they can tell yeah. me. But yeah, so I don't put too much into the internet. Sometimes people are like, oh, should we have them like play with the kids during the interview? I don't do that. Again, I just, I want to just kind of like get my little read on them because I really do trust my intuition. And then yeah. I want to give it a try. Because again, with a mother's helper, you're not leaving your house. You're staying home. The, the level of error is low. So you can try them out get to, you know, get to know them. And if your kids are a little bit younger, you can still like keep an eye, be somewhere in the house that you are just kind of like having an ear out, you know, testing the waters, making sure you're comfortable what's going on. I did, I had a mom who I worked with who was like, yeah, I had one. And she, 
I could just tell we weren't in line with like how we did like discipline. And so she's like, she's very nice, but like, I could just tell how she grew up and how her mom did things was so different. And so I just, she's like, I just, you know, I didn't call her back because I just knew that was going to be kind of like oil and water. So yeah, that's what I like to do. Meet them for a little bit and then just try them out because you know, that nothing bad is going to happen when you're home with them anyways. Right. So you lean on your intuition heavily, it sounds like. And then you also lean on your kids' intuition, which I love. I think that's really smart. Yes. Especially my oldest, because she is a lot like me. And she's very much just like, she'll tell, she's, we've had a babysitter once that wasn't even a mother's helper. She was in college and she was like, please don't have her come back. Like, and nothing bad really happened, but she was like, "Mm, I just didn't like the way she was talking about, we call my middle boo. And she was little Arthur. She's like, I don't like the way she was talking to boo. Like she, she, again, she just like very much like, you know, (laughs) they know. And you have to listen to that. We had a, so my oldest son has been through like physical therapy, occupational therapy, all the therapies in his life. And for a stretch, we had people coming to our house, which was really cool. And we had a similar situation where we had a new therapist come over and we kind of like let them play in the basement alone. And when she left, he was like, don't ever have her come back here again. She literally did not say a single word to me. She sat in the corner and I was like, oh my gosh. So you have to listen to them when they have those just bits of intuition. They know. They do. And even, like I said, even, you know, three-year-olds. Now, you you might sometimes, in the, especially in the beginning, get a little resistance with the separation anxiety. So sometimes you're like, oh, they don't like when the babysitter comes over, they cry. But if, again, if you tuck your, if you can tuck yourself away, whether it's in your bedroom or your basement, somewhere where they can't see you and your kids, like, in the first few minutes stop crying and have a good time, it's good. They will eventually be like, oh, I'm right. excited, you know, that my babysitter is coming over. But if every time they're, like, miserable, whether or not the sitter is you know, doing a good job or just not a good fit, or maybe your kid just isn't ready. Sometimes that is a thing. You know, some kids just, they're not ready for it. If, especially if they've been with their, their parents, like stay home, you know, but yeah, trust that like, sort of like if every time I have someone come over, my kid is miserable, like, okay, this is not the right, the right fit for us. Yeah. Do you ever have moms who are scared or nervous or worried about sending their kids to someone like into your house? Yeah, I think like they're definitely kind of, yeah, they're coming in. They're kind of just like, okay, let me meet this lady. Let me see like what's up. I always have them, I always have a, a meeting on the weekends. I always have them meet my husband too, because he might, you know, he might be the one who relieves them or he might be the, you know, like depending on what's going on. And I always remember when I was younger being the babysitter, like it was always awkward talking to the dad. Like, I don't know. You just never knew. Like, <laughs> yes. just, the moms would be like, oh, how's school? How's this? The dads are always like, my husband's pretty talkative. He's like telling the, you know, the high school babysitter <laughs> his life story. So it, it's not. But, you know, I like them to meet my husband. I like them to meet several years ago when my youngest brother, we were have a big age gap and he was still in college. And so he lived with us during the summers. And so like one that summer, I was like, and this is actually my brother. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's in college and he works, you know, he would work during the day, but I said, you might see him. So just being really upfront about like showing them your house and kind of saying who lives there, letting them meet them. I think that like eases their fears a lot because yeah, I do think some moms are probably like, well, I don't know. My kid's too young, you know, cause like I said, there's different ages of different maturity levels might want to do this, but sometimes the moms might be like, I don't know if you're ready. So yeah, yeah. I've definitely encountered that a lot, but I think you come to my house, you see that I'm pretty pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, my kids are, you know, they're not, I mean, my kids can be a little wild, but you know, like they're not like, they're kids, right? yes. 
Because <laughs> I think sometimes moms are like, will she be able to handle this? You know, and I, I'm, right. I'm looking for that too. Again, I still have three and they're young. So I am looking for like, can, you know, can you handle this? But yeah, I think the moms, once they get to know you, they come over and meet you, they get used to you or not used to you, but like they get a good they're, they're getting an intuition vibe on you too, you know? So yeah. they are, uh, it's always, it's always good in that case, like I said, that they're coming and meeting you. And so, and these are again, like with Facebook, you kind of have that like, oh, I see your friends with, and I'll say that like, oh, I saw friends, you know, Facebook, you're friends with Megan Porta. How do you know her? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like get a little connection, connection. there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have this super funny story. So my husband used to be a substitute teacher and we were looking for a child, just someone to come over and babysit when our boys were younger because we never got out. And so he asked one of the teachers that he really liked, like, what kid here? Give me a handful of kids who would be really good options to come over and watch our boys. And she was like, oh, this girl is great. You have to call her. She's amazing. She's responsible, whatever. So we got her name and number. And my husband, so this is back in the time, like before cell phones were really like rampant. Right. So people had like home phones. And so we had her home number. So my husband calls her house and he's like, (laughs) her dad answers the phone. He's like, hi, is Sam there? And I was like, you can't do that. You have to explain who you are. And he's like, um, okay, hold on. <laughs> we still laugh about that. Yes. He's oh, like, I can't funny. believe I did that. I just called like a 14-year-old girl's home and just said, hey, is Sam there? <laughs> yes, yes. In the world of texting, but I did, I text, I got a number from somebody and I text a girl and the mom did call me. She's like, I did want to talk to you. I you know, like you text my 13. I was like, oh no, I get it. You know, yeah. you're right. Like you probably, these aren't high, these aren't like a college sitters who are like, you know, out of their house. Like right. you probably talk to the mom, but yeah. I know. It's funny. so funny. Okay. Any other logistical things? Like I know you talked about money a little bit, the $8 an hour rate, but how do you recommend people pricing out this? Yeah. So if they do now, like I said, so the, the mother's helper I had over the summer was in eighth grade. Cause again, my kids are little. I'm like, I need someone a little bit older. So she was in eighth grade and I have two and I have three kids. So I paid her $10 an hour, that eight, eight for her grade level and then plus two extra kids. So that little formula I like to work with, I think it works really well. And I do say though, in the interview, like when they come and meet me, I'm like, okay, hey, you know, like we get to know each other. And I'm like, and the pay is $10 an hour. Are you okay with that? And I let it be a conversation because well, I'm a woman and I also have daughters. So I want to like empower, this is like their first their first experience with work. And I want to empower them to like have a voice in the conversation. And I have actually had girls say like, well, I was thinking 11 or I was thinking 12. Good like I've them. had that happen. Yes. That's amazing. And so I, and I, it's exactly what I will say. I was like, good for you. Yeah. I love that you know your worth. And I will say like, that's out of our budget but I really appreciate that. And I've also had, you know, college girls say that, you know, if they come back with like, oh yeah, this is what I charge. Like I said, I'm in the suburbs of Chicago. So if I end up finding somebody, I get a name from somebody, maybe they're they're usually in the city and like they just do, you get paid more in the city. <laughs> and so they might say like, oh, it's my rate. And I will always say that. I'm like, I love that. Like, you know, your worth. I'm so happy with that. That's just out of my budget. So that's how I work it. I go into it knowing what I want to pay an hour. And because, like I said, I have that little formula and I've used it very successfully. I've 95% of the girls are very much like, oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's like they're very happy with the yeah. amount I'm paying them. And then, you know, like my 
I always give them a raise every year. Like, again, I like to like let them know, like, I really do appreciate them. So my mother's helper, who was a mother's helper, but now my babysitter, who's been with me for four years, like, she no longer makes $8 an hour. Now she makes 13. So like, you know, nice. like, over time, I get and well, I also have another child now. How do you deal with hours? Do you have girls who are like, I need this number of hours? Or are they all pretty flexible? Or how does that go usually? Yeah, that's a good question. I love working with mother's helpers because they are really flexible. They're happy with, you know, if you just want two hours occasionally, or if, you know, again, sometimes if you are like, hey, are you available Tuesdays and Thursdays from three to five? And then if they are, then they're like, great. They're never expecting a certain amount of hours. Usually when I work with older babysitters or a nanny and they're like, well, I need to make this many hours for, you know, their more adult bills, then that's kind of where you get like, oh, I feel like I don't need that much. So no, mother's helpers are typically just really flexible. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be consistent. If you just want to try it out, do it occasionally, see how you like it. And just like say, I'm looking for somebody and get and try out a couple people. You know, they're not expecting that like they're going to be called and, and used, you know, every weekend. And you can just say that too. Like, I'm just looking for somebody a little bit, you know, here and there. So, you know, they're not really looking for any sort of set hours, which is nice. Yeah. Just being upfront too, when you do the interview, just establishing what you're expecting and all of that, I'm sure kind of clears everything. Yes, exactly. If you're saying, you know, like, again, for me in the past, I've hired mother's helpers to be like, I'm looking for this. And then them saying, yeah, that works with my schedule or trying it one off. And when I do want someone for a consistent basis, I still do the trial period. So I I just say, hey, we're going to give it a couple of weeks. You know, we'll see how it goes. Because I know sometimes people are like, I don't, what if I have to fire them? Like, you know, that feels, so don't, you could just say like, can you come this Saturday? Can you come next Saturday? And maybe if it goes well, you say then like, hey, would you like to come every Saturday or, so, you know, something to that effect? Yeah, but be upfront. Firing a 12-year-old or an eight-year-old would be hard, hard. <laughs> yes, right. Like you're like, like, I don't want to get into that. I'm like, no, I get it. I totally get yeah. it. Is there anything we missed? This is such a great conversation. And I think something that food bloggers with young kids especially will be like, okay, this is this is doable. This will make my business more manageable and will give me the momentum and the encouragement I need to just keep moving with it. So I want to make sure that we covered everything that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think we really did cover everything. I think the biggest thing is really to just give it a try. If you were listening and you're like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Like uh, I love when moms try it and they love it (laughs) because again, it's not a ton of money. You can, I'm always like, okay, let me look at those Amazon purchases. Like if I get a mom who's like, I don't know, I can't afford $20, you know, every Saturday or something. I'm like, let me look. But also to know that trying it out, like you're not, you don't have to, if you don't like it, you don't like it. It might not be for everybody, but every mom I've worked with has absolutely loved it. So yeah, just give it a try. If this, if you feel like you could use a little bit extra kid-free time in your week, I always just say, just try it out. Nothing can hurt from doing two hours. Such a little investment of money and time and such a game changer if it works out. Yeah. Yes. Great conversation. Thank you so much, Taryn, for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure to learn from you and to talk to you. Yes, it has been wonderful to talk to you, Megan. Again, thank you so much for having me on. Yes. And I like to ask all my guests at the end here if they have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us. Okay. Yeah. I think one of my one of my favorite quotes that I feel like I invented, but maybe I didn't, is break down, <laughs> breakthrough. So break down, break I just say that when I'm in 
Yeah, when I'm in a hard phase, I'm just like, this is the breakdown and we're going to get to the breakthrough. So like just working through it and just being like, I'm. it's not going to be like, I don't like to say it's not going to be like this forever because sometimes that's not helpful. But this whole like, I'm in the breakdown now I'm going to get to the breakthrough. And it always happens. Like in any sort of situation, tough situation, argument with your spouse, argument with a friend, you're like, break down. And now we've broken through. So I really like to just keep that top of mind when dealing with any sort of hard, you know, phase. Yes. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I love that. And I'm going to credit you. You can take credit for that quote because I've never heard it before. (laughs) I have Google. I'm like, did I just make this? I know it's just two words, but did I make this up? Yeah, it's yours. Claim it. Okay, great. Thanks. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Taryn. So if anyone wants to go look at those, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash undomestic mom. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you. And also tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yes. Yeah. So the Undomestic Mom podcast is geared towards helping millennial moms carve out time for themselves in all areas of life. And I do that, again, through getting a little bit of paid help through whether that's a mother's helper, babysitter, talking with your spouse about balancing the household load, and then also just like taking things off of your plate and your calendar and not being someone who's constantly busy. And so I just like to talk on there about those different sectors and, you know, pulling from each one to really find time in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year, that's all for you. And like I said, I like to work on my blog and my podcast during it, but whatever moms want to do with it, I like to give them ideas and advice and just validation. And then I'm also on Instagram on Domestic Mom, where I do daily reels that are also about just kind of like inspiration, validation, advice on how to Take that time for yourself and not feel guilty about it. Oh my gosh. I think we can all raise our hands when we think that we need help with some of that. So everybody go check out Taryn's page and her podcast and be inspired. So thank you again, Taryn, for being here. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.